0: It's time for your mind to scream less and for you to screw more. I'm Rachel Wright, a non-monogamous queer psychotherapist and your host. Hello, friends. Welcome back to The Wright Conversations. Today, we have a very special guest. Uh, Her name is Elle Chase, and we are going to be talking about the intersection of body image and sex, which I know for so, so many of you listening, probably all of you listening, (laughs) has come up at least once, if not 50,000 times in your life.
1: So, Elle, will you introduce yourself to everybody? Thank you for being here. Thank you. I'm um, always excited. Um, so, yeah, my name is Elle Chase. I'm a, a certified sex educator and coach. Um, I uh, have written a book called Curvy Girl Sex, um, and uh, it's not just for girls and it's not just for straight people. So uh, it's very inclusive and it's just a good position book. But um love that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I love to talk about the intersection of body image and sex because that is how I became a sex educator is my own story. So um, it really sort of lights my fire. And um, so thanks for having me on.
0: Yeah, I love that. Can we start there? Will you yeah. give us a little bit
1: of that story? Yeah. Um, the The Cliff's Notes version of it is that I was uh, in a sexless marriage. For a long time, and I had this sort of uh, what the Japanese call a satori, which is sort of an awakening. One day, and realized that I never, um, I'd never experienced passion. I'd never enjoyed Mm. sex. I didn't understand what the big deal was, Mm. and I always kind of thought of myself as neuter because Mm. I just didn't have any interest in it. And uh, I was watching an episode of True Blood once. No. It's this this story has everything. And Mm -hmm. um, I saw the two main characters get together for the first time. And there was so much chemistry. And for some reason, it just hit me. And I just like lost, lost it. And that's when I had this epiphany. Wow. And um, I was at the heaviest I'd ever been. Most of my life, I've been uh, like 250 pounds. Uh, For five four, you know, so I wasn't society's version of what a straight-sized person mm-hmm. looks like, um, and so uh, I I just sort of followed my body and I left my husband and went exploring, and uh, I found that my need to have pleasure and my need to experience genuine passion was greater than my fear of being seen naked and greater than my, um, neurosis about my body or my judgments about my body. Um, because that was just a perception, it just sort of hit me. And so I was able to go out and casually date and, um, Found that, um at the time I identified as heterosexual, I'm queer mm-hmm. now, but i I identify as heterosexual, so I go out with these straight men of all different stripes and colors and shapes and personalities, and it was just all very interesting, and they were all attracted to me for i'm um, you know, various reasons, some were just attracted to me, um who I was, some really liked my body shape and my fleshiness. Some liked my age. I was older than a lot of them. Some, uh, my body was um, not really a uh, a deciding factor. And for some, it was a combination of both. And so it didn't match my idea of what dating and having sex casually or just having sex period with a heterosexual uh, dude uh, was like, and what I had believed. So I went exploring and without the, the mantle of, uh, I am ugly. I am fat and fat is bad, Mm. uh, hanging over me because I was driven by my passion. Uh, wow. It was freeing and it, it's, made it so that i could go back and think about those times that i experienced that passion without the apprehension about what i looked like and how i thought i was being judged and what i thought i looked like and i could draw on that in times uh where i was preoccupied with how i looked and that grounded me And so that is my hope for anyone that has any sort of body image issue, regardless of weight, Um, because you can be 90 pounds soaking wet and thin as a rail and still think that you are hideous and unattractive, unworthy, and undesirable. And that's not true. So my goal is to help people at least find that one experience that they can remember and draw upon and know it's possible. Because once you can feel that viscerally in your body, yeah, you can recall it and aim for that. And we won't always find it, but we know it's there. And that knowing is everything. So that's a long-winded explanation. No, it's
0: perfect and wonderful. And thank you for sharing all of that. How, how did that awakening then lead into the work that you're doing?
1: Well, I started um, when I was, you know, separated from my husband, uh, I started communicating with this guy, believe it or not, through Twitter and <laughs> started an affair and, and uh, um, we started sending each other um, like porn, but mm. but it's like this kind of porn that really I found resonated with me that I yeah. found on Tumblr you know, rip Tumblr and its adult content because that yeah. was a really great place to go for free exploration. Mm-hmm. So I started a site that was just for us where we would share pictures of stuff we wanted to do together and stuff that turned us on. And then people found it. It was called Lady Cheeky. It's still there, ladycheeky.com. And people found it and responded to it. And many, many women... um of all different sexualities and everything, mostly women, but also a lot of heterosexual men, which I found interesting, uh, had a lot of questions and they would email me and I'd be like, I don't fucking know. I'm <laughs> a fucking, you know, 40 year old ex, whatever, you know? And so I started researching cause I do, mm-hmm. I wanted to give accurate information and um, I fell in love with it all. And I fell in yeah. love with that feeling of, people going, really? Mm. I never knew that. And that's what started. That's what started it all for me.
0: That's such a cool story. (laughs) Did anything ever come from this man? Did you ever meet up?
1: Oh yeah. We had, we had a very passionate love affair for like two years. Wow. Um, Yeah. It was long distance and, uh, it, you know, it, it eventually fizzled out, but it was really instrumental in uh, in what I found that I would accept in mm. a sexual partner. How so? Um, and really just like people in life, you know? We, we, we accept the people that we think we deserve. And uh, I knew in my heart that I deserved to have a passionate affair. And so I didn't accept less than that. And, uh, and it was, and it taught me a lot.
0: It sounds like it really changed the bar for you, both in looking externally and also for how you felt internally.
1: Yeah. And you know, what's interesting is that my bar is constantly being upped Hmm. because again, I will have some sort of casual relationship or relationship. And I'll go, ah, not that, not that, but that quality. I don't want to live without that quality. And so the last casual, I I wrote a a guide on how to have a ethical and empowering friends with benefits, Mm -hmm. which will come out hopefully at some point this year on my site. But at any rate, what I learned from that uh, was that you can have a really fulfilling And hot and, uh, and nourishing relationship in a friends with benefits. And it can be not, uh, not something that's like, you know, a partner or like a boyfriend or whatever, and it can still fill those things. Um, and sometimes it might feel like, oh, I want a little bit more. How do I deal with that? Mm-hmm. Um and really sort of searching what you really want and what your um old past tapes are telling you you want. So um that person raised the bar for me a great deal in very important ways. And so I'm a real big proponent if it's something that you're interested in of casual sex when you want it because yeah. it really shows you Parts of yourself, if you're open to it, and where you've grown and where you haven't.
0: What have you found in your work with clients? What is it that people want and don't want about casual sex? Like, what is the resistance, and what is what are the drives?
1: The resistance is a lot of shame. A lot of I'm a I'm a slut, or I'm uh, I get a lot from um, heterosexual men. Of uh, I don't want any drama, I don't want a commitment, uh, and but I want intimacy. Right. And that's just a an issue that I think heterosexual men are having to really come to terms with in this time and space. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. For uh women of all uh stripes, it is uh shame would be one, or I'm not that person. Some sort of deleterious look at what it's like to have casual sex. And the other part of it, the more uh, uh, permissive part of it is um, I want connection, but I like my life how it is. Like personally, I would like a partner in a perfect world. I would like uh, a significant other, but I also like living by myself. And I also like not being, um, uh, not, not having something in, in, right at this point, having something that committed. Um, that could change tomorrow, but I also want that intimacy. And that's where yeah. a friends with benefits, for me, that could mean a million things to different people, right? Um, but in my interpretation of it, it is a friend that you sleep with, and there may be, uh, there's really no romantic intent. There might be romantic moments. There might be some romantic context, but for me, that romantic context is part of the arousal, um, uh, an important part of an arousal response for me.
0: Can you speak to that? Because so I love, I love this so much. I'm like, this is very. I know everyone listening is going to be like, oh my gosh, yes, please. (laughs) This topic comes up a lot in whenever I'm doing AMAs, whenever I'm doing like friends with benefits is something that comes up all the time. And frankly, as a non-monogamous person, this comes up a lot because it's like, well, what is the difference between a friend with benefits or a quote unquote casual partner or a play partner or a friend that you occasionally play with at parties? Are they a friend with benefits? like what and so I, I wanna ask you about the the romantic intent. And yes, that's where people at, get messed
1: up. Yeah. So I think when people I think, you know, we're an Instagram social media culture, and I think and some part of our brain that makes us able to pick up on little things that resonate with us and use those as rules or guidance. Mm-hmm. And what's missing, and this is, I think, a big one when it comes to romance and romantic feelings is nuance. Um, the difference between friends with benefits and romance is the difference between you and your partner. It has nothing to do with anybody else. And it is very specific to each partner you have. And if you're able to work it out with your partner and work it out with yourself, then you've got something good, right? You don't need to define it ahead of time. You have to define it eventually with your partner. And I say, I think in the very beginning and come out to say, this is what I'm looking for. you know, back in the old days of Craigslist, which God, I loved the casual yeah, on yeah. Craigslist. Um yeah, RIP that also. Oh, RIP that in a big way. Uh it you could say you had agency where you could say, This is what I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. And at least at the end of the day, you know, feelings can come into things and all of that, but at the end of the day, you start out with a directive. So the romantic intent is you have to get really, really honest with yourself and really clear. And for heterosexual women and, and actually even, you know, queer women, uh, I think it's breaking down some of that conditioning of commingling romance, love and sex. I think it is. Listen, I am a monogamous person. That's just who I am. I've Mm -hmm. tried non-monogamy. Didn't work for me. Mm -hmm. But if my partner or my friend with benefits wants to have a, um, uh, an outside sexual relationship with me, I'm pretty okay with that. You know, like, yeah, it's just, this is how it squirts out of me. This is how it, it works for me. And, um, let's talk about what works for you and if that doesn't work for me then maybe we need to find someone else or maybe we can make some compromises again nuance and the only people that matter are the people involved in the relationship yeah yeah that's my feeling at least
0: no i think it's so good and i love the separation of there may be romantic moments Mm -hmm. versus having a romantic intent or a romantic relationship yeah The honeypot is more than the products in your bathroom cabinet. It's embracing that time of the month. It's staying balanced through the ups and downs, good sex and bad sex. It's exploring, it's learning, it's plant-derived. Powered by herbs and science, the first complete personal care system to get you what you need when you need it. Check out The Honey Pot at Target, Walmart, Walgreens, and on thehoneypot.co. You can enter code RACHEL20, that's rachel E L two zero for 20% off your first Honey Pot order on
1: honeypot.co. You know, when people think non-monogamy or um, polyamory is easy,
0: <laughs> like when
1: they think, they think, oh, well, you know, we'll just, ha- we'll just open up the relationship. And we'll, and that that's all it takes. That is, it is so, you have to be so in tune with yourself yep. and so honest and communicate like a motherfucker. Yeah. If you want to get it right, yeah. it is not easy. It's harder than a monogamous relationship from someone who's experienced both ways. And uh, in fact, I think that, that the communication between if you have a primary partner is is not just essential, but it's the life force of the honest communication, because we really need to make our partners feel secure in their areas mm-hmm. that they are in our lives, and that mm-hmm. uh, goes both ways and know that whatever we're doing that we've agreed upon doesn't take away from each relationship. and right. that takes communication.
0: Right. And often, you know, when other people are trying to understand the nature of someone else's relationship, right? In non-monogamy, this comes up a lot. It's like, okay, but what is the nature of the relationship? And part of the, it's like trying to seek safety in that label. And so it's like, are you friends? Are you this? Are you that? Like, what's the intent? What's this? What's that? And, and really what we're asking is like, am I threatened? Like, should I be worried?
1: Should it's it's not
0: what does this other person feel for you right because like that that's not, like that doesn't matter that person right. can
1: feel anything they want that's right yeah how do yeah. you feel right and for some people a lot of people that want to try and open their relationship the emotional component of having a more emotional connection to somebody else is really what they're reacting to as opposed to the sex and oh, in yeah. that way the commingling of physical sex in any way with the emotions that you think go along with it. Yes. And it, it's just, it is one of those things in life that is very complicated, very nuanced, and very, very personal. Yeah. So when I caution people that when they are taking in information outside of their inner circle, Mm-hmm. to really take it with a grain of salt and ask themselves, where is the nuance? How nuanced can I get with this idea? I, lo- I love
0: that so much, so mm-hmm. much. So f-
1: in your experience, whether
0: personally, professionally, how does body image play into someone's uh, zest for casual sex and and not even let's say casual sex and or sexual exploration with a current partner.
1: Oh, it, it's it's essential because I don't think I think let me be honest, I think it is I focus mainly on femme identified because that's my experience. Yeah. And I think it is a very specific type of body image and body hate. Mm-hmm. That goes along with with that. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think you can be a woman uh, grow up femme and not have some body image issue. Uh, I would find that hard to believe at some yeah. point in your life. yeah, I met... have
0: to agree with you on that, yeah, for it's sure.
1: just because I mean, it's everywhere, and it is also very subconscious because we've grown up with it from the minute. We're like, what, what are you, like three years old when you start to realize that people have opinions of you, right? Mm-hmm. And then it's not just you're getting it from the people in your life, you're seeing it on billboards and you're seeing it, um, you know, suggested in vague ways that you need to be a certain way. So in in that macro sense, it it inf- infects all of us. And so mm-hmm. in the in the micro sense, I suppose, in our own individual lives, we think about all of those things um, that we've been told that aren't perfect and aren't desirable. And um, how can you be focused on pleasure, yours and your partner's in the moment while you're preoccupied with not feeling desirable or Mm -hmm. Thinking, hoping that person doesn't see your cellulite um, when that really has nothing to do with it. Even though society tells us that we will be judged for that immediately, uh, my experience and my experience with clients is that uh, heterosexual men uh, really don't care. And the ones that do are. Assholes yeah. and are doing you a favor. And they are less prominent. And also you have to see where you're searching and why you're picking these people to have sex with, right? So, but that's a therapy issue, right? Yep. Yep. But
0: yeah, that I was gonna say, then you come see me. That's
1: right. <laughs> yeah. That's right. That is not a coach issue, that is definitely <laughs> a therapist issue. Um, but to get to that point, there yes. is a way to at least temporarily. Or put it on the shelf while you are in the moment, and it takes practice, and it's not easy. Um, gurus will tell you it's easy. You have to do these things, and you have to love your body. I don't love my body. I have I have mindful sex most of the time. I'm not perfect. No one is going to tell me that you can love your body 100 percent of the time. Thank I thank you for don't saying that. that. Yeah, no. It's, and you know what? It's too hard to reach. Like people say, body love, you have to love your body. I'm sexy. I'm this, I'm this, right? And that's great to project. I'm glad it's out there, but it is impossible to keep up. And so you have to give yourself the ability to not be okay in your body and know that that's part of it. That's part of the process. You have to accept, like, I don't like my body today, and I don't see myself liking my body for the next few days. And I'm going to do these things in despite despite that. And when I'm with my partner, even though I feel disgusting, I am going to take that part of me that feels disgusting. I'm going to put it on the shelf for a little bit. I can still see it. It's still there. I know it's there. I'm not denying it. Mm-hmm. But for these two hours or whatever it is, I am going to just be in my body and try and push those thoughts out. And replace them with thoughts of pleasure and service, uh, servicing myself and my partner.
0: Can you give an example of what that may look like? Like placing the icky thought on the shelf and replacing it with
1: literally that. Yeah. Like, I literally have to do that. Yeah. This is what I will do is. If I'm going on a date, say, and I really want to make a nice impression, I want to feel cute and sexy and and all of that. And I'm just not feeling it. I'm trying on different outfits. I'm putting on different shoes. Like if I have to wear uncomfortable shoes, that's it for me. I'm at that age where it's just like, fuck you. You know, (laughs) this is what you get, baby. And you're lucky you're getting it. Yeah. Um, Yeah. uh, If I'm still not feeling it, there is a point where I look in the mirror and I go. This is as good as it gets today. Mm -hmm. This is me today. Mm -hmm. And this is great. This is what I'm offering. And you know what? You're kind of lucky pants for getting this. And I draw upon those parts of myself that I feel confident in. And one of those parts is that I am sexy and desirable. And you know how I know that? Because I've proven it to myself and I've felt it. And I've seen it reflected back at me. I think uh, Dr. Chris Donahue uh, said once to me, um, to see yourself reflected back erotically in someone else is incredibly powerful. And it really is. And in that same way, it's incredibly powerful to see yourself reflected back erotically by yourself. And that's masturbation and embodying what you believe is desirable about you. If, if that's not too obtuse. No, not at
0: all. Not at all. I think it's so beautiful. So, okay. I have one more question and then I think we can kind of like wrap, but I'm, I, I just, I love, I could talk to you for so long. Oh, thank you. I I could talk about this forever. If someone's listening and they're like, okay, this is all well and good, but like, I don't like my body. I am having trouble replacing that thought. I don't have any evidence to support what you're saying. And I don't even know where to begin.
1: Great. Well, come see me, but this is what I would tell you to do. First, I do suggest everybody get some therapy because it is a, it is a pernicious, and infecting a point of view that we need help with because it's so uh, we're bombarded with it yeah but uh i i say start with a um masturbation process and this is embodying what feels good on your body we start very small and not even like starting by masturbating to get to orgasm i'm talking like touch your body mindfully make a time for it touch your body and get to know the topography of your body and keep doing it until you feel comfortable doing it because as someone that doesn't like their body um when i go over certain parts of my body with my fingers i can feel myself get like repulsed Mm. a little bit. And we want to desensitize ourselves to that repulsion and want to get really, really into how it feels and how it feels on our fingertips and how it feels on the part of our skin. It's getting into that more. As we do that, it's also um, knowing that it's okay not to like your body. In fact, it makes sense that you don't you can't help but not like your body because you don't look like angelina jolie or whoever it is right and being not feeling guilty for that a lot Mm. of the guilt holds us back from our um from really accepting ourselves and therefore accepting pleasure if you haven't found that uh erotic reflection from somebody else uh that's okay because Masturbating on your own and finding the erotic pleasure in your own body is the first step for anyone going on in any erotic journey, regardless. It is the most important thing uh, about your sexuality is to find your sexual pleasure inside your own body. And you can reflect back on that and go, that felt really good. And I felt kind of different. And maybe you can't put a word to it, but it felt good when I was touching myself. And I felt kind of, you find yourself moving in a different way sometimes and you might catch it. That's enough of an erotic difference and an erotic feeling of desire to draw upon with another person if you want to. You don't need to be reflected erotically back into somebody else. Uh, it can be very powerful, but if you are someone that doesn't want to be in a relationship and doesn't working on trauma and doesn't want to be touched by somebody else right now, but you want to work on that, do it with yourself. You'll be able to draw on that for the rest of your life and it will keep changing as you get older, which is the fantastic part is there's more discoveries to be made as you age. That's,
0: yes. Amen to that.
1: <laughs> oh.
0: Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I am so excited for people to to hear this. And I know oh. I'm talking as you're listening people. So you're hearing it. And I I'm just know I'm excited at the time of the recording that you <laughs> just listen to this. Um for I'm gonna list all of your details in the show notes and all of that, but for anybody who's more auditory or who's listening in the car or whatever, can you just give a a shout to where people can find you?
1: Yeah, I'm at lchase.com, E-L-L-E-C-H-A-S E dot com. And all my social media is at the L Chase. Amazing. And if you could just leave everyone listening with one last thing, what would you leave them with? Um You are not what you think you look like all the time. Mm. And that goes both ways. Mm. Nuance. Thank you. for the nuance. Yes. Thank (laughs) you so much. Thank you.
0: That's all for today, you sexy folks. What questions came to mind as you were listening? Continue the conversation with me over on Instagram at the right underscore Rachel. And don't forget, Please leave a rating and a review so that we can continue erasing shame and stigma together.